0: Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen.
1: So, what's your relationship with, with love? Love. Yeah, you know, I've I've been fascinated by the topic of love for <laughs> a long time. But um, a lot of times, people have a uh, the I've been burned too many times. I'm not going there again. Uh, ra- I'd rather just stay by myself. Um, uh, that love thing, that's a squirrely little. I don't know about that attitude and. I, I do. I do know love is really powerful, and when we when we are in a relationship with another person and we love dearly and we have loss, either through um, a tragedy or a breakup or whatever, it can it can hurt very very deeply. I get that. I'm not I'm not sugar coating. Um, love as as a totally positive thing per se because I had a very dear friend pass unexpectedly and man that crushed me and and I realized that the reason it crushed me is I had such a deep deep uh, loving connection he felt like a brother to me and I was totally blindsided when he passed and and the pain was super hard. But love, 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 love. I mean I I don't think you can even wrap enough words around it. Like volume of words is going to do it, but love kind of transcends, I would suggest it transcends language. Love transcends Perhaps comprehension from our egos. Love is um, l- love is such a powerful, uh, may- maybe call it an elixir or a, a, a catalyst, if you will. And I would say that um, if you're trying to grow your relationship with love poke it with a stick a few times <laughs> i mean stir it up get it get it fired up give it some room in your consciousness where it has uh enough room to expand to to flow in you through you as you hey i'm totally <clears throat> excuse me i'm totally psyched about tonight's show the uh The topic tonight is the art of relationship. And our guests tonight are Sheila and Marcus Gillette. um, We're going to bring them on in just a minute. But the idea of talking about um, the art of relationship And to talk about love at the same time, I think those two are intertwined, I think gives us an opportunity to have a really powerful show. I think we should get to it. Over the past 25 years, Sheila and Marcus have empowered and educated thousands of people worldwide through intimate conversations with Theo Uh, Theo is uh, a collection of 12 Archangel guides. And um, for the past 25 years, Sheila has been the direct voice medium for Theo since her near-death experience in 1969. In partnership with Marcus, Sheila has been able to share Theo's wisdom with an ever-widening community imparting upon them incredible messages that foster an enlightened state of consciousness. You can learn more about <clears throat> about them at AskTheo.com. Join me now in welcoming Sheila and Marcus Gillette to the show. Welcome to the show, guys.
0: Hi, Les. It's nice to be with you and nice to be Speaking with you and your audience.
2: Yeah, nice. It is nice to be with you, Les. Thanks for having us on.
1: I'm delighted. I mean, <clears throat> how often do you have uh, twelve archangels um, hanging with you on a show? So, <laughs> uh, uh, Sh- Sheila, can you can you share with us how you got connected with Theo and kind of give us a background to that?
0: Oh, I'd be happy to, Les. In on 1969, after the birth of a child, I had pulmonary embolus, which are blood clots in your lungs, and my lungs were full of fluid. I could not breathe. I felt as if I had an elephant sitting on my chest, and I was in intensive care, and I I knew if I closed my eyes, I wouldn't open them again. And this was a time that my parent, my parents, my then husband, the father of my children were being prepared for my imminent death. They said I probably would not live through the day. And I did not know that they were being prepared, but I knew in that cubicle that I needed I needed help. So I said, "Hey God, give me a job. I will do anything." And that became my mantra. I just kept repeating that over and over again and I would not close my eyes. And the cubicle, the room, the intensive care room I was in became extremely bright as if the sun had come up in the room itself, and I saw movement at the end of my bed. And when I looked, Jesus was standing at the end of my bed. And, of course, I was taken aback a little, as anyone would be, and I was mesmerized by his eyes. And he took his arms and he crossed them inside the deep sleeves of the garment he was wearing and... I heard in my inner mind hearing, as we hear our own thoughts, I heard a distinct male voice say to me, remember, my child, you are loved. And at that moment, I felt as if the crown of my head opened up and this warmth started pouring down through my body interiorly. And as it seeped down into the trunk of my body, as it, I felt as if I could take a deep breath. And as I did so, it went through my whole body and it could have been seconds, it could have been hours, it was a space out of time. And I remembered as distinctly today as I did in 1969. It's that clear to me. And then I started getting better. The doctors were amazed and I I was in the hospital for about a month after that moment until I regained strength and when I got home about 6 months later I had all kinds of psychic phenomena happening to me internally externally and then I trance This happened very rapidly over about a two-week period. I tranced spontaneously and became then a direct voice
1: trance medium.
0: And that's where it all began.
1: Wow. Hey, you know, if you guys ever throw a party, 12 archangels, Jesus, boy, I want to be there. (laughs) Um
0: Well, you know, (laughs) Les,
2: we we throw a few parties.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it does
2: sound like
1: like a fun party, (laughs) Les. Well, now, pardon me, folks. My throat really challenged me today. Um, So, Sheila, do you think that it was when you surrendered? Because we have free will. You you said you said, um, in the thick of it, you said, You know, here I am. Do do you think that was what was waited for? Like they they wanted your um, skin in the game, so to speak? Or do you think it would have happened had you not said that?
0: Well, I don't. I don't know. That's an interesting question. But I do know that I. I prefaced my ask that I wanted to be the mother to my children. I just had a new baby, and I had two small children at home. And my intention was to stay on the planet and be their mother. And so I prefaced my ask with, with, I'll do anything. Now, Les, had God given me a roster of positions to be filled? I don't know that I would have chosen this particular one because back in 1969, people that did what I did, others were afraid of. You know, this wasn't something that was spoken about openly. There were pockets of people interested in metaphysics and parapsychology and spirituality. But as of today, you know, the 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 words and the speaking about channeling and the different ways we use our intuition. You know, you can sit in a coffee shop and overhear someone having a conversation about their dreams or even, even having an experience with a channeler. So that wasn't happening back then. You know, I didn't go into a social situation and say guess what i can do because people were afraid you know they they were oh, afraid yeah. they were afraid to discuss it
1: well i think what makes the uh the the time we're living in so very very powerful is the internet we're we're talking to each other now and anyone on the planet can be listening in and uh absolutely and on the show, we've talked about every flipping thing you can imagine. And so it seems like the, the human persona, the, the, the human genome is perhaps the most powerful element of um, or perhaps the most powerful vehicle that allows love to come into humanity in us, through us, as us. And to have a conversation like we're having right now, we're going to be talking about love and how transformative it is and how powerful it is. And everyone on the planet knows humanity's hungry for a more authentic narrative, a more genuine, a more kind, a more supportive narrative for humanity. And Love is just the ticket, don't you think? What do you think, Marcus?
2: Well, I think, I think there's another component, too, uh, Les. I think you're absolutely right. It is all about love at the end of the day. But the, yeah. other, the other thing to consider is that we're living in extraordinary times vibrationally, meaning, as Theo has said, and as, in fact, Sheila wrote about in her first book, The Fifth Dimension, Channels to a New Reality, back in 1988 – TheO foretold of this time we're living in right now. They call it the fifth dimension. It's not the fourth. It's not the third. The third was, was of course, you know, three D reality. The fourth was the awakening to something much greater than that. And the fifth is the living of it now, the being in it now, the, the, that in this vibration, kinda of like if you can imagine a radio, just tuning up the dial, tuning up that frequency to a to a higher frequency, a higher channel and that's what's happening this the internet is part of it but the in our opinion maybe even a bigger part of it is that people are having their own extraordinary experiences now psychic experiences spiritual experiences um you know all of these wonderful things lucid dreaming out-of-body experiences and as all of this is you know collapsing of time and space past life recalls all of this is now happening within so many more people on this planet that it now is becoming something that is, that is fun, that is uh, uh, acceptable, as Sheila said, uh, and that also is uh, 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 giving us insights to who we really are, right? And right. At the end of the day, as, as you and I spoke about in our pre-interview for the, for the show tonight, Uh, You know, it it is all about a vibrational state of being of unconditional love. And that's why the subtitle to our book is Discover the Magic of Unconditional Love, right? Uh, Because that's who we are at our core. That's our, our, our own unique vibration, soul vibration, soul note, as Theo calls it. So that's the awakening. That's why this is now becoming so much more acceptable to talk about
1: very nice well the now the to embody unconditional love um, if we have language or beliefs or or feelings that are not in alignment or perhaps a lower vibration than unconditional love what what has to happen to it to our <coughs> persona our vehicle our uh, in order for us to embody unconditional love? Well, we were
0: born for this, Les. I really, you know, everybody wants love in their lives. Um, And it, it's, you know, it's hard to describe, but what Marcus was saying in a solid state of unconditional love, it's a state of being. And most people say, what do you want in life? And they'll say, I want to be happy. Well, happy is conditional you know you can be happy you get the new car you get the new house you you know it there's it's attached to something but unconditional love is the centerpiece of soul-centeredness and peace being comfortable in our own skin but as human beings we talk about five pillars of life health vocation, avocation, money. And the primary one is relationship. Everybody's looking for their person. Everybody's looking to be acknowledged. And we come in to this life. When we're born, we expect to be loved unconditionally. That's the state we're coming from. Right. on a soul level, into these human bodies, this human experience. So as there is this evolution of a learning about emotions, we get information at, from outside of us that tells us we're not worthy of love. Oh, sure. And what Theo has given us is an opportunity to have some tools in our lives, and they, they speak of it as soul, the soul integration process, and they've been teaching us how to love ourselves, first and foremost, because you can't give what you don't have. Right. So when we begin to release those beliefs of not being worthy of love, rewriting the script, then we can open, be open to our, in our heart to receive love. The greatest learning is receptivity. And to your point, when you initially started this program, is people are afraid of it. They've been hurt. They've uh, not experienced that state of unconditional love. They've experienced conditional love. You know, the quid pro quo. If you take care of me, I'll take care of you. Well, that paradigm doesn't work anymore. Now Theo speaks to us about the new way of being in loving relationships is preferential, that we prefer to be with another rather than needing because we've done the inner work of loving the self. That cup's full, and our cup can run over onto somebody else. So, And it's not just personal primary partner relationships. Everything is relationship-based, everything we do. We go to work, we have relationships, we have friendships, we have primary partners, we have family members, we have children. Everything we do is in relationship to others. And so if we can love ourselves, those relationships only get better.
1: I like that. You know, it's... uh, um, it seems like the uh, perhaps the dysfunctional um relationships where people really don't love themselves and and they long for that feeling of love and they meet somebody who adores or admires them and they get this this inrush of feeling and and it's like it's filling a void within their psyche but i like what you say that um, to heal your own self-love, and I, I think use the metaphor of fill your own cup or something like that, to fill your own persona with self-love, and not have a void that needs to be filled, where you're you're happy in your own skin, so to speak, and then go into a relationship. That's a whole different dynamic. Um, Marcus, uh, we were talking the other day, and you were giving me some um, online descriptions of self love. Can you share those with us?
2: Yeah, you know if you go to if you go to the dictionary, if you go to Wikipedia is where I was uh, last, and we we share a little bit of this in the book. Uh, and, you, and you look up the definition of self love. There's two definitions. One is conceit, narcissism, self centeredness, and the other is self-love being necessary. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but self-love being a necessary component for personal fulfillment and growth. And, you know, the other thing we talked about is people who were raised in a, in a household where the, the concept of original sin was a thing that people were brought up believing in. Right. Well, right. you know, if, if, if you were brought up believing that, that to love the self, is, uh, is is a bad thing? Is a, is a is a is a conceited thing, or that, in fact, uh, you know, as Theo teaches us that we are all an aspect of God incarnate. You know, you would be you you know, in a, depending on the environment you were brought up in, you know, that could be frowned upon rather heavily, and we're very you know obviously obviously heavily influenced as we're growing up as children and so forth. So which. The, the, the question we ask people to ask of themselves is, which definition of self-love were you raised in, or was it ever even discussed? Right. And I think that, and I think that you know, the people who have a, have a, a, a healthy self-image, a, a healthy uh, a sense of self, uh, love of the self, knowing that to love the self is not blasphemous, it's not conceited, it's not narcissistic, but rather necessary you know, really required to be whole, to be healthy, to be available, like Sheila said, and be receptive to the love of others. Because as she said, you can't give what you don't have. And so I, I think at the end of the day, uh, examining our beliefs, you brought up belief shifts a little bit ago, which is really accurate. It's all about beliefs of self. In other words, in the soul integration process that Theo's been teaching for decades now that we've seen hundreds of thousands of lives transformed by embracing Theo's teachings. The premise is that if any thought or belief that you hold about yourself, imagine this, any thought or belief that you hold about yourself that is not unconditionally loving of self is simply untrue. It's not who we are. On a soul level, it's not who we are. These feelings of unworthiness, of fear, of resistance, of not enough, are all, there's a reason for it. And the reason is because we adopted beliefs, and typically at, it could be any age prior to the age we're at right now, oftentimes when we're younger, or even from a previous incarnation, where a belief was adopted and carried forward into this lifetime. And any of these beliefs that are are inconsistent with with the fact that we are at our core unconditional love, that's who we are, we can reframe those by understanding the core circumstance, the genesis of those experiences, where that belief was created or adopted. Oftentimes, there are beliefs that were were adopted from other people's opinions, people we, we looked up to, parents, family lineage, ancestral patternings. Teachers, religious leaders, communities, tribes that believed a certain way, we had to adopt it to be accepted, right? So now we can change that paradigm with Theo's guidance, we've been able to change that paradigm completely so that when we are faced with moving forward in our lives and we are uh, uh, there's a trigger, whether it be emotional, whether it be you know again that fear of resistance or lack of trust in self or the unworthiness that comes up, who me, right? We know right. we can transmute that. We can transform those beliefs from limiting beliefs about the self into empowered beliefs about the self, allowing us, you know, the freedom and the confidence and the clarity to move forward and to live a life that we truly would love to live.
1: What, I like that. What, but um, um, I really like what what you've said. Love is such a – uh, such a powerful thing, I mean, I see it as this multi dimensional um, n- never ending expression that that always seeks another way to to demonstrate itself i mean it's it 's very vast and perhaps beyond our capacity to understand it in its fullest the uh, like social media and mainstream media, there's there's such an undercurrent of of incongruency as it relates to love and truth, uh, as we have been talking about. I, I feel like with shows like this one right here, there's there's a real awakening to love, in in a very um, strong. Um, rise or expansion of consciousness in our collective. In other words, people all over the world are bringing love front and center into their their selves, their conversation, their expectations, their relationships. Um, Do you think, uh, Marcus, do you think there'll be a point where the collective will kind of – Slip or or uh, like the hundredth monkey, and, and love will become the the norm.
2: It's happening right now, Les. It's happening right now as we speak. We we see it. Sheila and I experience it with our community and the communities of, of, of an infinite number of people who are bringing this vibration into into the world. And everybody has it within them. And it's being activated right now, whether they know it and embrace it and receive it or not. It's present. This fifth dimensional energy is an energy of unconditional love. It's happening right now. And it's unfolding perfectly. It doesn't seem like it sometimes. And a lot of discord and chaos happening in our world and perhaps as equally as much within uh, the, the, the inner beings of, of many people, but... At the end of the day, it is absolutely happening as we speak right now.
1: Very nice. Well, Sheila, I would ask you, you've been hanging with 12 Archangels <clears throat> for 25 years. How has their love for you influenced you over that time?
0: Oh, gosh, Les, over the time that I've been working with Theo, I'm a completely different person. Um I have been a student of their teachings all these years and applying the the tools and and the information that they've given us. I learn something every day. Every day I work with Theo, um, with clients and and teaching and and our mentorships. And each time Theo speaks, I learn. And certainly my perception, has expanded to uh, one of the greatest sayings is what would love do? You know, I'm continually a work in progress about that. And what it does is we give up judgment into just observation. You know, when we give up judgment about others, because a judgment is just a reflection of something in us, so if we love ourselves enough, then we can love others. And we just know we're all here being challenged. That's challenges the curriculum of life. But it's how we perceive it and how we work with that energy to expand and to broaden the aperture of our perception so that we can see life through different lenses. That's what's happened to me.
2: And just to clarify, too, Les, uh, Sheila and I have been together for 25 years. She's actually been channeling Theo since the early 1970s. So it's been over 50 years uh, that Theo's been speaking through Sheila.
1: So then, Marcus, uh, you, you meet this woman, Sheila, and and you say to her, uh, well, what do you do? And she's like, well, I I hang with 12 archangels, and, and we... We knock it up around love, and uh, I mean, how was that? How did you two meet, and and how did uh, the Theo element play into that?
2: Well, significantly less because I read Sheila's first book, The Fifth Dimension, Channels to a New Reality, and she wrote that book in '88. I think she wrote it just for me because I got my hands on it in 1995. <laughs> Uh, through a very synchronous, in fact, we talk about this in, in, the, in the first chapter of the book, our multidimensional love story, crazy, wonderful, synchronistic, magical things happened for us to get together. I got her book. I read the book. I loved it. The mutual friend of ours that gave me her book, uh, I was living in Arizona at the time, and, and uh, Sheila came to town to do a speaking engagement two years later in 1997. And I was able to get a chance. And she asked us. She called me up one day. Our mutual friend Donna. She said she was coming to town. Would you like to meet her? And I said I'd love to meet her. And uh, we got together at the Phoenician Resort in, in Paradise Valley, Arizona. And we had a glass of wine on a beautiful Thursday evening. And um, honestly, uh, I was just enamored with her, her beauty and her radiance. And we uh, went and saw her speak and channel Theo. Uh, at a gathering the following night, and then just from there we developed a friendship, and then fell in love in a, on a five-day camping trip in the bottom of the Grand Canyon at the Ab- in the Indian Reservation. About a month later, and uh, that that is our that's a very very short version of our story and how we got together.
1: Beautiful. Well, now, so um, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Um, you guys have uh um conventions that you hold that people can come to. you have your books i'm uh, I'm not telling you I'm asking you. Can you give us a rundown of your books and material and and ways that you interact with the public
2: oh well, sure uh you know really what we what we do uh, with b s teachings. We, Sheila has her first book, The Fifth Dimension, Channels to New Reality. I have uh, also co-authored with Sheila uh, our, uh, my, my first book, her second book, which was called The Soul Truth, uh, Guide to Inner Peace, which was published uh, 19, in uh, 2009 by Tarcher Penguin. Sheila's first book was uh, Simon Schuster. And then we, of course, have The Art of Relationship now, uh, Discover the Magic of Unconditional Love. But how we reach people, Les, in our community – is through online virtual mentoring programs, uh, online virtual retreats. We have a a retreat coming up on October 29th and 30th, uh, that weekend called the Art of Relationship Virtual Retreat. So we have been virtual with most everything we've done over the last uh, few years, of course. But even before that, we were doing a lot of online mentoring programs, which we continue to do, uh, three-month, six-month, and 12-month programs, uh, people taking a deeper dive into being personally mentored by Theo. Uh, we also have a, a web TV series called Ask Theo Live TV, uh, which we do complimentary live webinars on various topics that people can then get the opportunity to meet Theo live and even have the opportunity to ask their own personal questions. Uh, so we have um, and, and a number of uh, you know, dozens of uh, guided meditations with Theo and audio programs, uh, we have a membership called uh the Theo Group, which is a uh, uh you know, just a, a nominal monthly fee for hundreds of hours of of uh, audio and, and video programs. So we um we've got a lot of opportunities for people to be uh, plugged in. Uh like you mentioned in the beginning, it's at Astheo.com. Actually we have a gift for people at com forward slash love, uh where people can come and we'll begin to love on you with some with some gifts that we offer you there to become more engaged uh, and have a personal experience with Theo.
1: Nice. Well, Marcus, how has hanging with Theo for 25 years changed your relationship with love?
2: Oh my God. What a great question. Immeasurably, like Sheila said, you know, by embracing Theo's teachings and, you know, Sheila and I are blessed to have a, a, you know, remarkable relationship, frankly, but, Uh, I I would say the answer to that question is they taught me to love myself. And by virtue of, uh, of learning how to do that with Theo's guidance, it's changed every relationship in my life. Uh, it's changed my relationship with myself immensely. And from there, my relationship with my family, my daughter, our friends, our, our business associates, um, you know, it's just—it's I, I, almost indescribable, Les, how Theo's teachings have impacted my relationship with love, and again, particularly starting with the love of self.
1: Well, very nice. Um, we're going to bring Theo on in just a minute, but I had one more question for Sheila. Um, Sheila, as your love, uh, your relationship with love has expanded with your um, time with Theo over the years. If a listener at home has been um, hurt by love, brokenhearted by love, and and you've had such a, a, a healing relationship with it so for so long, what could you tell our listeners? about love when you surrender to it, when you open to it, when you allow it, so to speak. Describe that, if you would.
0: Well, when you surrender uh, to love, it means you open to receive it. But first, there's a little bit of something you have to do to be able to be open to that, and that's changing those beliefs of deservability of rewriting that script. So the process uh, that Theo shares with us is getting in touch with those parts of ourselves that have reinforced those beliefs, meaning many of us have had repetitive patterning in our relationships. Like I said earlier, when we're born, We come in expecting unconditional love. So when we enter this human life, whatever we're experiencing in those first years, most often, we assume is loving. Because the greatest need is survival. But oftentimes the, the fear of abandonment becomes a big issue. And the fear of abandonment, because that's a, a great need of survival, and um, so it begins there. How did we? When did we first feel abandoned? And that forms our belief around love. About if you know, we we accommodate our lives. We form in our life to belong, to belong, you know, we hear the word tribe, belong to our family, our community, our religion, our school, whatever the belonging is. We're herd animals. So we humans adapt ourselves to the environment we are in and believe that's love. And so when we discover that that's not the unconditional love, then we begin, can begin to discover how our beliefs have formed those repetitive patterns in love and how we can change them.
1: Nice. Nice. Well, we've, we've only got like 20 minutes left. I want to... Give uh, Theo an opportunity to share their wisdom with us. Um, is now a good time for you, Sheila?
0: It is. It takes just a few seconds. I invite them in. There's a a bit of a different voice and an accent. I like to forewarn people, not much. You'll be able to understand them. But it, I'll invite them in, and uh, then I'll come back when you're finished talking. Okay. Here we go. It is the beginning, is it not?
1: Yes. Hey, thank you for joining us on the show today. I uh, I'm I very much appreciate your perspective as it relates to love. I'd like to ask you the, um, what would our culture look like? What would our planet look like if if we fast forwarded however much time it took for, for the vast majority of humanity to be able to embody unconditional love? Could you kind of describe that, um, the difference from what we're experiencing now to what um, that culture might look like?
0: If all beings upon your planet integrated into the awareness of loving the self enough, you would have peace on your planet. You would treat each other appropriately, your collaborative species, you would assist each other and imagine peace on the planet. That is why we are here to inform, to teach, and to encourage you to see yourselves as the divine beings that you are. And that seems a lofty phrase, but in essence, you are a spirit, a spiritual being, a soul, having a human experience that comes from unconditional love, and it's a remembering of your true core essence.
1: So if I were to um, be able to embody unconditional love, would it would it be accurate to say I would not hold any judgment against anyone else and I could see them through the eyes of love, even if they were committing atrocities on the planet?
0: Imagine a place there would not be the atrocities that have been against each other. However if you have come into that solid state, it would not be a state of judgment but of observation. Judgment has an emotional reactivity to it that comes from unworthy beliefs. If you have shifted that perception, have shifted on the inner, then you're no longer a judger of another because that's just a reflection of something in you. But then you become an observer of the human experience that allows one to expand from a different consciousness.
1: So there's there's a level of acceptance, uh, a lack of judgment, I guess I would call it acceptance. Um, because um, you Theo have unconditional love for us, and yet for many of us, if we were to rate or quantify ourselves, we might not feel like we're worthy of love. And and in truth, th- there's nothing we can do to disqualify ourselves from love. Is that right?
0: That's true. It's a remembering of the source from which you come, the source of source of which you are. But the human experience is the learning of emotions, the whole spectrum of them. And the human body is the gift, the earth suit, in which you can express and experience these emotions. You have visceral experience the ability to touch and be touched in, in that sense of loving experience. So that is a greater desire to have an understanding of what that means. And so in this time, as one shifts perceptions and beliefs, one can come into that state of being, of unconditional love, which is peace and connectivity and responsiveness to life rather than reactivity, then there is that sense of calm and
2: awareness and love for one another. Theo, how how can we then, what more can you share with us about becoming the state of being of unconditional love that you talk about? What
0: we talk about is to recognize when you are reactive in life, which comes from the emotional body, which comes from human life experience that oftentimes is unloving, where a belief is then in that moment created about you that is simply untrue. It's either adopted by another's perception of you or from the experience that one is having. And then that adoption or creation of a belief that you are not lovable begins to form and then becomes a repetitive pattern in life experience drawing unto itself from that belief those same similar experiences until one realizes that the events or circumstances that created that belief, those experiences do not change their history. However, your perception of them can change to look for the gifts and blessings and how you've grown from them.
1: Very nice, well, when we think of uh the idea of God or god goddess um, would it be accurate to say that um god goddess is love at its root, and there's nothing be um more divine or more god goddess than than love and then everything stems from love?
0: That is true. God is a solid state of unconditional love. No, it is not a feeling. It's a state of being. Does love... Go ahead. You may ask.
1: Does can love uh, ever be exhausted? No. So if I evolve in love, do I ever, I mean, uh, I, I have this vision or an idea of a field or a brilliant field of white light or whatever. and And perhaps that's the totality of love. I know I'm, I'm being um, whatever it. So no matter how much I grow in love, it always uh, I can always be a, a vessel of yet a new expression of love. No matter what, that
0: that's true. For it is not limited. It. It only grows more and more substantially as one receives it and then emanates that out of their being unto others.
1: It seems like love has so many faces that if I walk throughout my day if if i if I take a uh, a fresh look, so to speak, and, and take the judgment out of my eyes, that I might see love expressing itself in in uh, a multitude of ways. How can I or my listeners grow their ability to see love within um, um, new arenas? That they might not have thought of before.
0: So we speak of widening the aperture. The yes. eyes that you see through are not only projectors, but they're also receivers. So what you look out to, if the perception is a lack of love, that's what you will see. If you, and that's what will be given you. If you see through the lenses of unconditional love, you will see those events happening all around you, in nature, in relationships to others, in the observations that we see, about being the observer not the judger it is ever-present we will give you an example because you spoke of the broadening of the ability to communicate throughout the world which is your technology and so in an instant you can see horrific happenings cataclysmic events throughout the world And what is the first reaction in human heart, the seed of the soul, the seed of love, is to be of service, to be of assistance. If only in thought, what can I do to assist these others? And it matters not the color of the skin or the place on the planet or the language that is spoken, but if some one other human being is in peril. The immediate response is to serve them in some way. That's love.
1: So So in
0: that, that's what you have in you. And what we know most want to give love. But the greater import. To this question is how to receive it.
1: Does does love expand in us? So you talk about looking at the suffering of people on the planet and the desire of service. Um, People can have a finite idea of themselves and resources like I can't help everyone, I can't I mean I can only do so much. Does does love expand our potential, our resources as we open to it?
0: Yes. It's energy. So it's not things that are necessary. It's an energy that emanates from you that is expressed not just in material things, but can express energetically from you. Your soul's larger than your physical body. If you were to stretch your arms out in the room that you're in and just perceive the energy extended to the walls From each fingertip, you can feel the wall. That's your soul energy. Some call it your auric field. It's an energy that's much beyond the physical body. So imagining when you emanate that as love energy out into others, it assists their balancing, their feeling of comfort, and connectivity.
1: Theo, I am so very happy that you have spent the last many decades, um, sharing this message of love and, and conveying to us how to better, um, heal our relationship with love. I want to thank you for that service. And we're almost out of time. I want to ask you if you have a message for our audience.
0: If you could see ourselves as we see you, there would be no discontent, and that is possible. We are complete for this moment. God's love um, unto you. Good day. Good day. Hi, Les, are you there?
1: (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) I've been chatting with 12 Archangels. What have you been up to? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I've just been on the sidelines <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, we're almost out of time I want to thank you two for being on the show If you're ever out in Colorado, look me up uh, It, I know you have some history here So, um, What a wonderful book The Art of Relationship Discover the Magic of Unconditional Love Sheila and Marcus, I want to thank you for being our guest tonight it's been such a pleasure.
2: Uh, it's been great to be with you, Les.
0: We've loved being with you and your audience, and we will do that, Les. <laughs> we'll look you up.
2: And like I said earlier, Les, if people want to get in touch, they can go to com forward slash love, and we've got a great gift just waiting for them when they get there. Also a great place to purchase our book if they're interested as well.
1: Very nice. We've been talking with Sheila and Marcus Gillette, and the topic tonight has been the art of relationship, the name of their latest book, subtitled Discover the Magic of Unconditional Love. What a fun episode. I uh, I love talking about love. It's, uh, it's such a curious thing. Poke it with a stick if it's not lighting you up with a passion and a fire. Uh love will kick your ass in a really nice way if you let it, if you open up to it. Um, the, the more I, I open to love, the more I give an opportunity to love it, or love to express in me, through me, as me, I just feel better. I just do. Again, what a delightful episode. I want to thank you the listener for joining us tonight. That you are why we do this, really. I mean, I didn't want to startle you or anything, but um w- this podcast has has been um for you the listener. That's that's our our motivation to do this. It's been a a sheer delight. I'm 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 very delighted to have Sheila and Marcus to on the show tonight. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for listening. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect
0: and live your life wide open. Check out our host Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.